Welcome to an enlightening podcast from IslamPodcasts.com. We encourage our listeners to please comment and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please remind your family and friends to also visit IslamPodcasts.com for engaging discussions on current events, Islamic guidance, Quran, Tafsir, Sirah, and much more. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Podcasts on current events, Islamic guidance, Quran, Tafsir, and Sirah are available at islampodcasts.com as well as on iTunes. Rate, review, and comment and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please subscribe, share, and tell a friend about islampodcasts.com as well as rate, review of iTunes. أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد الحمد لله رب العالمين الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين اهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين أنعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم والصلاة والسلام على رسوله الكريم والحمد لله رب العالمين حمد الشاكرين رب اشرح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري وحل العقدة من لساني يفقه قولي السلام عليكم ورحمة الله يا برادرز Is there echo in this? Is it okay? Okay. Inshallah tonight we will uh, begin the tafsir of Surah Al-Fatiha uh, So far we have done the following surah Let me just uh, repeat what we have done We started with Surah Iqra' Bismi Rabbika Alladhi Khalaq Surah Al-Alaq Surah number one Then we continued with Surah Al-Muddathir Ya ayyuhal muddathir qum fa'anthir Then we did Surah Al-Qalam Noon Wal-Qalam Wa Ma Yastroon Then we did Surah Al-Muzzammil Ya Ayyuhal Muzzammil And according to the narration The next Surah which was revealed after these four These four Especially Al-Qalam, Al-Muddathir and Muzzammil Their order There was some question about which one came first Was it Al-Muzzammil or Al-Qalam or Al-Muddathir But uh, then there exist several narrations. Any of them is, is fine, is acceptable. So we chose the order Al-Alaq, Al-Muddathir, Al-Qalam, Al-Muzzammil. Al-Fatiha, most of the Mufassirin, most of the, the narrators agree that Al-Fatiha was number five. The Surah Al-Fatiha was the next Surah revealed after those earlier four Surahs. And unlike the other surahs, which we said, we mentioned that the earlier four surahs, they were revealed in different occasions, not at the same time. For example, Surah Al-Muzammil, the first 19 ayah, we mentioned that they were, first 19 ayahs were revealed, then ayah number 20 was revealed on its own, and some of the narrations say that it was revealed the last ayah one year after, at least one year after the first one. 
same thing in Surah Al-Alaq. Al-Alaq, the earlier, Iqra bismi rabbika alladhi khalaq khalaq al-insana min alaq, the first nine ayat, the first six ayat were revealed together, and then later came the rest of the surah. Surah Al-Fatiha, it is said that it was revealed as one unit, complete Surah Al-Fatiha, it was not partitioned, it was revealed from Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen until Waladdalin. This is one point I wanted to mention. The other thing, there is lots of discussion in the tafsir about Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. Is Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim part of the surah or is it just the beginning of every surah just like we read whenever we read Al-Baqarah we say Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim then Alif Lam Mim Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim qul a'udhu birabbin nas Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim qul huwallahu ahad or is it Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim part of Al-Fatiha some of the uh, scholars, ulama, some of the narrators, mufassirin, they uh, bring evidences that surah, that ayah, Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim, is part of Al-Fatiha. However, most of the narrators, most of the mufassirin, they agree that no, it is not. That it is just an ayah of the Quran, Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim, which is in, uh, in one of the surahs where it says, Innahu min Sulaymana wa innahu Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. It is a book from Sulayman. Uh, uh, it's a letter written, uh, sent by Suleiman to the queen of uh, Saba, Balqis, and she she says it is a letter from Suleiman, and it is initiated with Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. So Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim was part of the ayat in the Quran. Also, the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam he mentioned that any act, any narrations, any statement or any uh, activity that you do without starting it Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim فَإِنَّهُ عَمَلٌ أَبْتَرْ أَيُّمَا عَمَلٍ لَمْ يَبْدَأْ بِإِسْمِ اللَّهِ Anything that does not begin with the name of Allah Azza wa Jal then it is أَبْتَرْ أَبْتَرْ means it's, it's, uh, uh, it's not complete it's not uh, there is something uh, missing in it. So it has to be, for any act to be complete, you need Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. This indicates that Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim is the beginning of every surah. It's the beginning of every act. It's the beginning of every narration, you will. But So it's not part of the Al-Fatiha. Now, the reason I mention this, because there is this uh, usually discussion when you read the, uh, when we do our prayer. So those who claim and say that Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim is part of Al-Fatiha. So every time you begin reading Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen in the Salah, especially in the Salah, the, uh, the, the one which we read loud, uh, like in, surah, in Salat Al-Maghrib or Al-Isha, then the Imam would start Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim, Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. So you hear him saying Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim at the beginning of the Surah. Those who do that, they claim or they believe, they think that Bismillah ar-Rahman rahim is part of Surah Al-Fatiha. So they read it loudly as they read Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen in the same manner. Now those who do not accept this as a fact, they think that Bismillah ar-Rahman rahim is the beginning, just the start. So they say Bismillah ar-Rahman rahim silently, they don't have to announce it, to make sure that people understand that Bismillah ar-Rahman rahim is not part of Al-Fatiha. So you say Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim silently, then you say Alhamdulillahir Rabbil Alameen Ar Rahman Rahim, and and then continue. That's why you see sometimes you uh, pray behind an Imam, 
who says Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen, loudly, then that Imam uh, believes and accepts that Bismillah al-Basmala is part of the surah. So he reads it as one of the ayat of Surah al-Fatiha. Now those who uh, read begin with Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen, so you don't hear them saying Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, they do it silently, they think that Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim is a separate ayah, it is not part of Al-Fatiha, they just use it as a start, as a beginning of the uh, uh, of the prayer, therefore they don't read it loudly, so people will not think it is part of Al-Fatiha. Those are the main, the, the issues that are related to the surah, uh, and there are many... Uh, uh, hadiths about the significance of Surah Al-Fatiha, about the power of Surah Al-Fatiha, about the meaning of it. But in this uh, 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 tafsir, we will go about these uh, issues one by one as we start talking the uh, the ayat one by one. Uh, also, we know that Al-Fatiha, one of the reason it's called Al-Fatiha because it's the first surah in the book. So the, the book of the Qur'an, when you open it, the first thing you start with, Al-Fatiha. Al-Fatiha is the opening. It means the opening. So it is number one in the Qur'an. Number one in the surah, Al-Fatiha means the opening of the book. Uh, so that is the, uh, one of the most of the Mufassirin agree that's where it got its name from because it is, uh, in fact, the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he used it, Fatiha Al-Kitab. Man lam yaqra bi Fatiha Al-Kitab. The opening of the book. So this is the book of the Qur'an, and the Al-Fatiha is the opening, the first surah uh, here. Now, also, uh, we notice, as we will be talking about in this uh, tafsir, in the, in the surah Al-Fatiha, there is one major request, one major dua that we do in Al-Fatiha, we ask Allah Azza wa Jal to give us guidance, ihdina, give us guidance for the proper path, and the first surah immediately after that, which is surah Al-Baqarah, Allah Azza wa Jal, He gives this answer that if you are looking for hidayah, then this hidayah or this guidance is in this book. الْكِتَابُ لَا رَيْبَ فِيهِ هُدًا This book, indeed, it does have the guidance. So the guidance that we are asking, requesting in every surah, every time we read Al-Fatiha, we say, اِهْدِنَا We are asking Allah Azza wa Jal to give us the guidance. The response immediately comes in the next surah, Right away, This book indeed either contains guidance or the entire book is a guidance. So it's either it has guidance within it, which is true, or the entire book is a guidance, which is a response to the call uh, for Allah Azza wa Jal. So that is uh, uh, the uh, one of the things that we usually uh, mention at the beginning of this uh, of this surah. Uh, another thing, a hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam talks about this surah, saying that Allah azza wa jal revealed this uh, surah in three portions. There are three parts of this surah, although they are it's revealed all at once, but there are three parts. Well, the first part begins with the recognition of Allah azza wa jal, recognition of who He is, Allah Rabbil Alameen, Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim, Maliki Yawmiddin. And this is the essence of the aqidah, that's the essence of our faith, this is the foundation of our iman, this is the fundamentals, if you will, of our belief in Allah Azza wa Jal. So that's number one. Then the second uh, uh, part, there is the admitting or this uh, uh, 
this declaration, if you will, that we will worship this Allah Azza wa Jal. إِيَّاكَ نَعْبُدُ وَإِيَّاكَ نَسْتَعِينَ So, uh, after uh, recognizing who Allah Azza wa Jal is, after accepting and admitting and believing that Allah is my Rabb, He is my, He is Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim, He is the owner of Yawm din and we will talk about that at length. The next part comes, إِيَّاكَ نَعْبُدُ وَإِيَّاكَ نَسْتَعِينَ We worship you, Ya Allah, and we seek help and support from you. Uh, that's the second part. The last part, which says, إِهْدِنَ الصِّرَاطَ الْمُسْتَقِيمِ Then we ask Allah Azza wa Jal to provide us with the guidance for the proper path. And Allah, uh, uh, in the, according to the hadith of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, keeps saying, whenever you say, Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen, Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim, Maliki Yawmuddin, Allah Azza wa Jal says, my servant is praising me. My, my, my servant is appreciating me. My servant is thanking me. My servant is recognizing me. My servant is doing all of this. Then, then Allah Azza wa Jal would say, Oh, my servant now, he's committed to worshipping me. My servant is giving this declaration that he is my servant and he will worship me. And then, when we start saying, إِهْدِنَ الصَّرَاطَ الْمُسْتَقِيمِ Allah Azza wa Jal would say, My servant is asking me to guide him, is asking me for help. My servant is asking me to do something for him. It's, it's right upon me to fulfill his promise. I vow, I promise that I will give him all the support that, uh, uh, that he needs. So that is, Surah Al-Fatiha has uh, uh, great importance, lots of significance, uh, lots of meaning which we will be uh, dwelling on and talking about at length, inshallah, in these uh, uh, nights. And besides that, we read this surah at least 17 times a day. At least. Because when we, when we pray our prayers, if you count your rak'ah, which are the absolute minimum rak'at, which is the form, there are 17 rak'ah in the fajr, dhuhr, asr, maghrib, isha, if you count them, there are 17 rak'ah. And in each rak'ah, we have to read al-fatiha, at least. Because each rak'ah will not count as a rak'ah unless we read al-fatiha. Or the Imam reads the Al-Fatiha and we read after him, or he reads it for us. So there are 17 times at least per day. Now of course if you pray the Sunnah, and you have the Sunnah for each prayer and you count them, then the number of times you read Surah Al-Fatiha is, uh, goes much higher. But the minimum, the least number of times we read Al-Fatiha is 17 times a day. So it's more than anything else in the Quran, we read Al-Fatiha. This is uh, this goes without saying for any of us, any Muslim who uh, prays to Allah Azza wa Jal, the minimum number of time we read Al-Fatiha is uh, 17 times. So we have to understand the meaning, the real meanings and the implications of this surah to us. So it's important, we read it a lot. And if we comprehend, if we really think about what these words are and we understand them, and in our prayer, each time we pray, we reflect upon these meanings and the context, then uh, we will be understanding a lot of our Islam, and there will be lots of guidance for us, only from this surah. Now there, of course, there are other surahs which we are going through, but this one, the more we read it, and the more we reflect upon it, and if we start thinking about those ayat, then that will be very great plus, very great advantage, and that will give us 
a good visualization of what our deen is, what our Islam, what our iman is. So that is the overall uh, environment of the surah, the general things which are related to the surah, before uh, uh, digging deep into the, the ayat one by one. So let's begin with this first declaration, the first ayah where it says, Alhamdu, Alhamdu, Lillahi, Rabbi Al-Alameen. Alhamd. Now, how do you translate the word Alhamd in English? And let's see, what's our translation for Alhamd? Go ahead. Praise? Huh? All praise. Praise or all praise? All praise. Okay. Now that is one of the things which uh, the, the misinterpretation or misconceptions. When you say when we say, I praise someone, say, I want to praise the brother. I will say, MashaAllah, he is good. He is generous. Right? That's praise. When you praise someone, you mention his good qualities. Isn't this what praise? In English. Now, I, I'm not a native English speaker, but from what I know of English, when you praise someone, you praise someone for, you actually mention the good qualities of a person. Say, MashaAllah, this person is good. This person is generous. This person is smart. This person is genius. That is praise. You are praising someone by talking positively about someone. That's what praise, correct? Now, the ayah, Alhamdu, or the, let me go back. Praise, if I want to take it back into Arabic, someone says, how do I translate the word praise from English into Arabic? Now those, the ones who know Arabic, how do we, if we say, I am praising uh, Mahmoud, what is the Arabic equivalent of praise? Madh. Not hand. Madh. Okay? So if, we, if I will do praise be to Allah in English, now I want to translate it back into Arabic, I will not say Alhamdulillah, I will say Al-Madhulillah. Madh. Right? Those who know Arabic. It will be Madh, not Hamd. So there is a difference between Hamd and Madh. Praise, as I mentioned, to praise someone is to talk about the qualities, the good qualities of someone. He's good, he's nice, he's smart, he's intelligent, he's generous, uh, he's handsome. That's good qualities. Talking about the good qualities... In Arabic also there is another word for madh, for uh, the madh is called iqra. Iqra means I mention highly of you, I mention your high qualities. And the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he mentioned in one hadith to the sahaba, la tutruni, do not talk highly of me as the Christians did for Isa, for the Messiah. Don't keep bragging about my qualities, myself. Oh Muhammad this, oh Muhammad that. Don't do that. Like the, the Christians did for Jews. For, for the Isa alayhi salam. So al-madh, al-madh, which is the praise, is to talk highly, positively about someone. But the ayah in the Quran does not say madh. It doesn't say praise. It says hamd. They have the same characters. Mim dal ha which is Hamim Dal, it's the same characters, but they are different meanings. They are not the same. Alhamd, Alhamd is not to praise. Alhamd 
is to appreciate, is to appreciate and to recognize, to recognize the favor, the favor that someone bestows upon you or upon others. So Alhamdu, when I say, Ahmadu, Ahmadu, for something, for someone, I make hand. That means, I recognize the favor that someone has done for me. That's what hamd. Being thankful, being appreciative, uh, recognizing the gratitude of an, of, of an act that someone bestows upon me. So alhamd is not praise. That's the wrong translation. It's incorrect translation. And it doesn't give the meaning. Because the, the real meaning, when we say alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah, and with the, now with the, with the Arabic, having the first two characters, Al, Alif Lam, called Al Ta'rif, if these two characters are joined with the word Alhamd, it means all appreciation, all recognition, all thankfulness, all of this that I admit the fact that this entity, which in this case would be Allah Azza wa Jal, to him belongs all Hamd. All the hamd, all the gratitude, all the thankfulness, all the recognition of favor to him, to Allah Azza wa Jal. So it's not that I am praising Allah. Now of course we have to praise Allah Azza wa Jal for what he is, that's different. There is, There are other locations, but in this case, at the beginning of this surah, right at the beginning, and here Allah Azza wa Jal is telling us that all this, if you have to appreciate something, for food, for health. Because what is it that I want to appreciate? Uh, I appreciate and I recognize and I am thankful for what I am for my being, for my existence. But who is in charge and who is responsible for my existence? It's Allah Azza wa Jal. I am appreciative for the fact that I have, uh, that I am healthy. Now, how is it possible that I become healthy? It's because of the food that exists and the water that exists and the air that exists and the oxygen that exists and that all my body uh, takes in takes in uh, inside all of these things the food, the water, the air and within this body, my body, my cells work on it and generate the energy, generate the antibiotics, generate the antibodies generate all of these things and then at the end of the day I can do my functions. How is this possible? If it was not for someone who creates that universe, that world, that earth, that ground, that food, that rain, all of this that Allah Azza wa Jal makes it available and makes it possible, and not only that, allows my body, creates my body in a manner that I can, I can make out of these things a healthy product, make out of these things something that turns into energy, so that I become healthy. So I am thankful for my health. Whom am I thankful for? The one who is in charge of it. I am thankful for someone who brings this world that I enjoy. The sun comes in the morning and leaves in the evening so that I can sleep. And then the earth rotates in a manner. The earth has certain gravity so I can do all types of things. All of this that exists in the world that Allah Azza is in charge of. So Alhamd appreciation belongs to him and cannot belong to anyone else. So it's not that I say it simply because I want to say it, because it's a fact. 
Because you, you really want to say Alhamd, to give this type of recognition to the one who has that favor, who is behind the existence of my food? Who is behind the existence of my world? Who is behind the existence of my, myself? Who is behind the existence of my wife that I enjoy? Who is behind the existence of the fact that I have children, that are the fact that I can, I can function in this life? Who is it? It's Allah Azza wa Jal. Now, if you have, somebody has doubt about that, then of course he would say, oh no, it's uh, the nature. It's mother nature that's, that has this, this favor upon me. So therefore, thanks, all thanks go to mother nature. Okay, if somebody believes it's the mother nature, we will talk to him. Whether mother nature can do that on its own, or mother nature is a created being, and it has someone who, stand, who stands behind it. But if I realize and I come to the recognition that behind this world, behind my existence, behind the things that I enjoy and I use and I make use for my function, there is one and only one God, then Alhamdu belongs to Him. Then naturally, Alhamd, appreciation and thankfulness belongs to Him. So it's not a statement, I say it simply because I read it in the Quran and then I have to repeat it. But it's a fact. And it has to be a fact. I have to reflect on that. Because in this world, in this life, we are accustomed to providing our thankfulness and the gratitude to anyone who bestows a favor upon us. You go somewhere and someone, he helps you find a job, you pick up the phone and you say thank you. You send him an email thanking him. Because it is natural that we let this uh, uh, favor that has been bestowed upon us to be appreciated. That's natural. Now, it is also natural, and it's a must, when I realize that the biggest favor upon me, which is my existence, my very existence, in the manner that I exist, which is which I appreciate and I like, then I better look up to Allah Azza wa Jalla and say, Alhamdu to Allah. Alhamd belongs to Allah. And Allah, in this, in this surah, is the name. Allah Lafdul Jalala, this word of the Jalala of Allah Azza wa Jal, it's the name of Allah Azza wa Jal, and it's one, it's the, uh, they call it Al-Ismul A'zam, this is the greatest name for Allah Azza wa Jal, it's the name that's not derived, it's not like Ar-Rahman, Ar-Rahim, which comes later on, Maliki, Yawm din those are derivatives, they are derived from, from characteristics, but Allah is the one and only one name, which is a pure name, which is a name that is not derived from anything else. It's a name of Allah Azza wa Jal. So Alhamdu belongs to Allah. As Allah. Because He is Allah. Because He is the one who stands behind all of this. Irrespective, although in the next few ayat it will say Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim. And Rabbul Alameen. There are, He is a Rabb, He is a Rahman, He is Rahim. We'll talk about that. But before that, before I get to Ar-Rahmah, before I get to the mercifulness of Allah Azza wa Jal, before I get to the fact that He is the owner of the Day of Judgment, before we get to the fact that He is the one who guides, before all this He is Allah. Alhamdulillah. The appreciation, the thankfulness, the absolute gratitude belongs to Allah Azza wa Jal only because He is Allah Azza wa Jal, because He is the God, the one who stands behind this universe. He is the God who stands behind my life. He is the God 
who stands behind my being, my existence, my health, my functionality. He is the one and only one who is responsible for me being what I am. So alhamdulillah to him. So alhamdulillah. So that is one thing and that's right from the very beginning. Allah Azza wa Jal from the very beginning of Islam, very beginning of Dawah, He is putting this straight. Alhamdulillah. All the hamd belongs to Allah Azza wa Jal because He is Allah. Because He is behind all of this existence. And in this case, as I mentioned, Allah is a name. Don't, because some people sometimes they, con- they confuse the word Allah with the word Ilah. Ilah means God. You know, in, in the, in the uh, Shahadatayn, what do we say? La ilaha illallah. How do we translate that? La ilaha, no God but Allah. Right? We don't say no Allah but Allah. Or we don't say no God but God. We say no God, no Ilah but Allah. So Allah is a name. Ilah is not a name. Ilah is a fact, is a statement. Is a statement about Allah Azza wa Jal. He is an Ilah. Ilah means someone that you worship. It's an entity that deserves to be worshipped. But Allah Azza wa Jal is Allah. Is Allah. There is an existence behind this world. The one who created this world. The one who brought us here. The one who stands behind the existence of everything is Allah Azza wa Jal. And Allah Azza wa Jal, to me, He's an Ilah. There is no Ilah but Him. I'm not going to take any God. I'm not going to worship anyone but Him. Because He is Allah Azza wa Jal. I'm not to take, going to take any deity, anyone who deserves to be worshipped but Him. He is Allah Azza wa Jal. So here, Allah, Allah is a name. And this name is the one and only one who deserves to be called Ilah, God. That's when we say La ilaha illallah No God, no ilah Except Allah Azza wa Jal So Allah is the name And He is the one that We recognize His existence And the fact that I recognize His existence And because my existence My being, my self All depends on Him And therefore All my appreciation to Him And this appreciation cannot be partitioned We say Alhamdu Alhamdulillah I can't say part of that hand goes to my parent or part of that hand goes to my king. Like in Saudi Arabia, those who lived in Saudi Arabia who know, they say, Alhamdulillah ibn Saud. They say, Alhamd belongs to Allah and to Ibn Saud. Ibn Saud is the king. That's, that's wrong. Not only wrong, that defies the first surah, the first ayah in surah Al-Fatiha, which they read every day. 17 times. Alhamd belongs only to Allah Azza wa Jal. You cannot have this hamd go to anyone else but Allah Azza wa Jal. It's not partitionable. This is, it's not divisible. You cannot divide it. You can't say, oh, because what is it that you appreciate others for? If it's food, remember in Surah Quraysh, فَلْيَعْبُدُوا رَبَّ هَذَا الْبَيْتِ الَّذِي أَطْعَمَهُمْ مِنْ جُوعٍ وَأَمَنَهُمْ مِنْ خَوْفٍ Let them worship the, the Rabb of the house, the one who feeds people, and the one who protects them and provides them security. فَلْيَعْبُدُوا رَبَّ هَذَا الْبَيْتِ الَّذِي أَطْعَمَهُمْ مِنْ جُوعٍ The one who feeds people and out of their hunger and poverty وَآمَنَهُمْ مِنْ خَوْفٍ And the one who provides them security after fear. Once they are frightened and afraid and they have all of these 
worries, Allah Azza wa Jal provides the security, so you better worship that Allah Azza wa Jal. So Alhamd belongs to Allah Azza wa Jal. He is the one who has the security, He is the one who has the food, He is the one who has the world, He is the one who, who creates everything around us, so Alhamdulillah Azza wa Jal. Cannot be to anyone but Allah Azza wa Jal. That's number one. And today, if we just stay a few more minutes on this issue, when we look around us, and the way the people behave in their daily activities, and the way they look up to deities, and look up to kings, and look up to presidents, and look up to states, and look up to uh, parties, and look up to nations, you would see that the way the people behave, they are not really providing this appreciation and the gratitude totally to Allah Azza wa They are just saying it. But at the end of the day, their appreciation, like those who stand up with Bashar al-Assad today, they continue to appreciate him as being the one who stands behind their life, the one who provides them with their existence. So they support him. And those who stand up with the kings, with the presidents, with the, with the rulers, those who really side with the tyrants, you know the guy is a tyrant, the guy is an oppressor, the guy is a killer, the guy is a criminal, and you still side with him, what's going on? And the same day, you find them there 17 times reading Al-Fatiha and they go to pray. And you find them in the masajid, like the muftis. Like the mufti, he's leading the prayers and he's reading this, and at the end of the day, he is putting all the support behind a tyrant. Where is this alhamd? You just started, alhamdulillah, all the appreciation to Allah Azza wa Jal. Why is it that you are putting this appreciation into someone else who doesn't deserve to be appreciated? Not only that, he deserves to be persecuted. And you're still appreciating his existence. So that is something which is very important. When we read this, alhamdulillah, I have to realize that no one else should deserve this hamd from me but Allah Azza wa Jal. Just like when when we say, la ilaha illallah. The same thing. When I say Allah is my only God, and then at the end of the day, Allah is your only God. And then when you go to the uh, voting, to the ballots, to, to cast a vote, you cast a vote to someone who is going to legislate other than Allah Azza wa Jal, or to define the rules of Allah Azza wa Jal. Where is this La ilaha illallah? What happened to it? What happened to the fact that you appreciate Allah is the one and only one God, the one who bestows his favor upon you? And then at the end of the day, when someone calls upon, let's draft a constitution for a country. We'll say, okay, let's borrow something from the Germanic laws, some from the Roman laws, some of them from the French, some French laws, and some from Islam. Where does La ilaha illallah goes? Allah is the one and only one God. Allah is the one and only one Rabb. Allah is the only one and the one and only one Hakim ruler. Where all of this goes? Where does Alhamdulillah go after you read it? So this is not a simple word we just say we read it to Fina Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen Rahman Rahim Maliki Umdir Allahu Akbar Salaamu Alaikum Rahmatullah It doesn't work like that Think about it whenever you say Alhamdulillah stand behind it and that's what Allah Azza wa Jal directed Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam right from the very beginning stand behind what I tell you Um Fa'andir stand up and remember we mentioned it's not stand uh, because just keep standing like this. Stand, take a stand. You say it, stay behind it. When you say stand, take a stand, so you stay behind what you, what you say. Stand behind what I tell you. Stand behind what is the haqq. 
stand behind what should the truth be. You say Alhamdulillah, stay behind that. Stick to it. You say it 17 times a day, you better reflect upon that and make sure that no one in this world absolutely whatsoever deserves appreciation but Allah Azza wa Jal. Now when Allah Azza wa Jal tells you, you appreciate someone, then you appreciate him because Allah says. When Allah Azza wa Jal tells you, you have to thank someone, you thank him because it is Allah's recommendation. When Allah Azza wa Jal says, don't ally yourself with someone, you don't ally yourself with someone. When Allah Azza wa Jal says, be friend with that, and don't be friend with that, be brother with this, and don't be brother with that, you do it because Allah Azza wa Jal says. Because all the praise, all the appreciation belongs to Him. All the, the this thankfulness belongs to Him. And He is the one now, He tells, okay, you thanked me enough, I appreciate that, I like it. Now, I want to, if someone bestows a favor upon you and gives you something, for my sake, you redo na wajh Allah only, then be thankful to that person as well. Now remember, this is Allah Azza wa Jal's permission. Because all the appreciation belongs to him, now it's he, it's up to him to say, now you can give it to that person or you give it to that person. It's not up to me. Because all of it belongs to Allah Azza wa Jal. Alhamdulillah. Now, next thing, who is this Allah? Now Allah Azza wa Jal is giving this introduction. Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alameen. Rabb Al-Alameen, there are two words. There is the Rabb and Al-Alameen. And Al-Alameen, it's the plural of word, of, 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 the, of, the, of the word world. Al-Alam, Alam is world. And it's singular. When you say Al-Alameen, it's a plural of the world. Okay, it's the plural of the world, which means there are multiple worlds. There are multiple worlds. There could be more than one. Now in, in the surah, uh, uh, surah Al-Muzammil, the one that we read before this one, where it says, Rabbu Al-Mashriq Wal-Maghrib. Remember we said, the Rabb Al-Mashriq Wal-Maghrib, it was used. The Rabb of the East and the West. In surah Al-Qalam, we use the word, وَمَا هُوَ إِلَّا ذِكْرٌ لِلْعَالَمِينَ It's a dhikr for all the worlds. So we have seen the notion of worlds in a plural form. And we have seen the notion of Rabb repeated in each and every one of these surahs which we started with. Iqra, remember, Bismi Rabbika. Use the word Rabb. Surah Al-Muddathir, Rabbaka Fakabbir. Your Rabb is the greater. Surah Al-Muzammil, Rabbul Mashriqi wal Maghrib, La ilaha illa huwa fattakhidhu wakila. The Rabb of the East and the West. And Surah Al-Qalam, there was also a mention of the, of the Rabb. I forgot in which ayah, but I will, will get back to it. But in those earlier four surahs, there is an emphasis on the fact that Allah Azza wa Jal is the Rabb. And remember, I mentioned that the main problem, the main differentiator, the main conflict that exists in the world when it comes to religion and worship, it's not, it's not the fact of the existence of a God. 
the existence of a God or non-existence, which is atheism, as I mentioned, it has not been a serious problem in the world at large. There were only short periods of time in the history of mankind where some philosophers, they came and, and denied the existence of God altogether. And that, in the course of history, it's not significant. The main problem, the main issue is, what is the function of this God? What does this God do to you? If this God that you worship is going to legislate and going to maintain the life in a certain order, so you, your behavior, you should behave in a certain manner. If this God is going to interfere in the daily affairs and lives of people, you eat this, you don't eat that. You drink the water, you don't drink hummer. You marry this woman, you do not marry that woman. You raise your children in this manner, you don't raise them in the other manner. He interferes. He gets involved. He says, this is halal, this is haram. This is allowed, this is not allowed. You can be friend with someone, you cannot be friend with another one. You can uh, have this ally, you can... You may not have another person as an ally. Now, once this starts happening, and that's what the people call legislation. That's what we call legislation. Legislation means you provide certain rules and laws of what is doable, what's not doable. Once this God starts, once you believe that this God is involved in these affairs, aha, we say, no, 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 no. That's, that's what we call the Sharia. That's what they call the Sharia. You want the Sharia, you want someone to implement a certain Sharia, that's not allowed. And you remember I mentioned this in the past, there was an article from the Heritage Foundation a few years ago, where it says, anyone who believes in Allah, or believes in Islam, and believes in Allah as their God, and they worship Allah in their masajid, and they, they pray, and they fast, and they do all of these things, they are our friends, and they are appreciated and celebrated as much as they want, unless, unless they start thinking of their deen, of their Islam, of their religion, as an ideology, where they want this deen to interfere with the lives of the people. Which means, once you start thinking of Allah as a Rabb, as a Rabb, then that's a problem. And that's exactly what Quraysh had with Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Quraysh did not have a problem with Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam declaring that there is a God other than these idols who could be worshipped. In fact, they said, oh, we can worship this God as well. We don't have a problem having one more God to the rainbow. That's like a rainbow, it's like Kashkul. We have so many gods, oh, then Allah is yet one more. But when Muhammad sallallahu says, no, no, that doesn't work like that. My God is a Rabb. My God, he has to say what he, my God says that these gods are not gods. My God, which is Allah says, you cannot you cannot invest your money with riba, with usury, with interest, in the money of other people. You cannot do that. My God, my Rabb says, you cannot leave orphans without support. My God, my Rabb, by Allah says, you cannot have your money distributed in a manner that some people are not eating. It doesn't work like that. My God is a Rabb. And say, oh, okay, if that's your God, then we are not going to worship him. We will not even allow him. That's exactly what's happening today. You want Allah Azzawajal, you want to worship Allah, you are a Muslim, you belong even to an Islamic movement like in Egypt, you belong to the Ikhwan or the Salafis or whatever, okay, that's fine. 
You can be a president if you want, you can have the parliament if you want, you can be whatever you want, but once you start bringing your Islam into the constitution, that's a big no. And if you want to be accepted within the so-called normal world order, you better keep the Quran and Islam and you better keep your God, Allah Azza wa Jal, outside the scope of the life. Separate life and religion. Just like the Christians did. Separate church and the state. Once you start separating God from life, then you are saying that my God is not a Rabb. And Allah Azza wa Jal is emphasizing this issue of Rabb in all of these earlier surahs. Because it is what makes a difference. Now of course, there is many other issues in Islam. Everything about Allah Azza wa Jal is important. There is no question about it. But the main thing that people, when you tell the people, oh my God is Rahman Rahim, they love that. Oh, that means he is a peaceful God. But when we say, my God is Rabbul Alameen, we'll not accept that. Maybe he is your Rabb alone. Okay, let him be your Rabb. As an individual. As an individual, let him be your Rabb. Eat the way he tells you, because a Rabb is the one who tells you what to do and what not to do. That's at the end of the day, that's what a Rabb. It doesn't make sense for someone to say, oh, I have a Rabb, but my Rabb has nothing to do with my life. Just like the word Rabb comes sometimes from slave versus Rabb in Arabic. The slave, Al-Abd, and Al-Rabb. Even regular slave. When you say, oh, there is a slave who lives in the house of his Lord, his Rabb, but when his Rabb tells him uh, to sleep in a certain room, he says, no, I'm not going to do that. I will go upstairs. That's not a slave and that's not a Rabb. The Rabb, if he's your Rabb, he tells you what to do and you do exactly what he, what he says. That's a Rabb. So when, if he is your Rabb as an individual, the world at large, they don't care. Does anybody, has anybody faced any problem, any time, when you say, I don't eat pork? Why you don't eat pork? Because my Rabb tells me it's haram. Okay, that's good for you. They don't care, Right? Or you want to pray. Except on certain occasions, there were some people who denied people the right to pray for a very limited period of time. But in general, my Rabb by Allah Azza wa Jal tells me, this is what you should eat, this is what you should not eat. People don't, don't care. But when you say, oh my Rabb, my Rabb tells me this is what I should eat, and this is what not I, should, I should not eat, and my Rabb tells you to eat the same thing, and not to eat. And my Rabb tells this woman to dress like my, my, my wife or like my daughter. It's not only my wife. It's not only my wife. It's only your wife and your, and your daughter and your sister. They all have to dress the same. My Rabb is not only my Rabb. He is my Rabb and your Rabb. He is my Rabb and your Rabb today. And he is my Rabb and your Rabb today and tomorrow. It's not only today. And he is the Rabb of me and you yesterday. And he is the Rabb of my world which I live in if I am in the East, like in Pakistan, in India, in the East, or he is, you are in the West. It doesn't matter. Whatever world, whatever world you can think of, whether it's your own world, sometimes this is my own world, okay, everybody has his own world. 
But Allah is the Rabb of all of our worlds. Your world, His world, His world. You say, oh, I have my own world. Because that's one of the interpretation of the word Al-Alameen. Everybody has his own world. Sometimes when you talk about insane, someone who is insane, oh, this man, he lives in his own world. We mentioned that, right? But there are many insane people in the world. Everybody has his own world. Allah is the Rabb of everybody. He's the Rabb of your world and my world and his world and her world. He's the Rabb of all our worlds. He's the Rabb of the world in the West, in America. Because sometimes you say, oh, we live in America. Who cares? Islam is back home. No, Islam, Islam is back home, but Allah is the Rabb. Allah is the Rabb of the people in the West. And the world in the West, and the world in the East, and the world in the North, and the world in the South. Allah is the world of all. And if there are other creations, because we know from the Quran, that Allah did create a world of not ins, not insane, the jinn. Allah is their Rabb too. He creates them. And He takes them away. And the angels, the malaika, they are a world of their own. The malaika, they are different type of creatures, different than us. They don't disobey. They don't have the ability to disobey. Unlike us. But Allah is their Rabb too. And Allah is the Rabb of the universe. Allah is the Rabb of the earth. Allah is the Rabb of Mars. Allah is the Rabb of the sun. Allah is the Rabb of the water. Allah is the Rabb of the plants. Allah is the Rabb of the animals. Allah is the Rabb of the, of the insects. Allah is the Rabb of the minerals which are inside the ground. Allah is the Rabb of the, of, the, of the air which is above the ground. Allah is the Rabb of the atmosphere. Allah is the Rabb of the environment. Allah is the Rabb of all. Whatever you could think of, Allah is the Rabb of that. Allah, Rabbul Alameen. Where is it that you want to get away, to run away from this God? If there is anywhere in the world, in this existence, that's outside the scope of Allah Azza wa Jal, then go there and don't praise Allah. Because that's the, the alhamd. Or don't appreciate Him. If there is yet any world that you can live in, outside the scope of Allah, which means it's not under the control of Allah Azza wa Jal, then please do it. But there is none. Allah defines, I am the Rabb of all the worlds. No matter what you think, whether it's this life or the hereafter. We die, you go in the grave, we don't know what's the world of the grave, what happens for your spirit, your soul, what happens to it, we don't know. But Allah is the Rabb of that. Allah is the Rabb of that, He is in control of it. He knows where your soul goes, He knows how to bring it back, He knows how to treat it on the day of judgment, He knows all of these things and he can and he can and that when I, I use, start using the word he can just imagine if someone to be in charge of all the worlds he better be able because if you limit his power in any way so he can control everything everything but there is a certain sphere which is beyond him. Ah, that means you are limiting his power. But if you say that God, Allah Azza wa Jal, is the Rabb of all the worlds, no matter what world is that, that means his power is unlimited. There is nothing that limits his power. There is nothing that goes outside the scope of Allah Azza wa Jal. So if you were to run away, you don't like it, you know quite often sometimes they tell us in this country, oh you don't like it here, go home. Okay, there is yet 
which means they recognize, they recognize that there is yet another piece of world which is not under their control. I'm talking about America. You know, sometimes some people, just lousy people, say, go somewhere else. Which means they recognize, they recognize internally that yet there is somewhere which is outside the scope of their control. Okay? But Allah Azza wa Jal, there is nothing outside the scope of the control of Allah Azza wa Jal. Can you run away from the scope of Allah? You don't like it? You don't like the way you are created? You don't like the way you are being? You don't like the way you look? You don't like the way you function? You don't like the fact that you have to worship to pray 17, uh, uh, 5 prayers, 17 rak'ah a day? You don't like that? Go to another world. Get out from the world of Allah Azza wa Jal. Can you? Of course not. You can't escape. So this is a fact. Allah Azza wa says, I am the Rabb of all the worlds. After you die, it's a world. Back to me. In fact, he, in the next ayat, he says, Maliki Yawmuddin. Because you say, ha ha, I will die. Once I, if I don't die naturally, I will commit a suicide. Just I will get rid of this life. I don't want this appreciation or this gratitude. I'm not going to be a servant or obedient all the time, I just get out of this life. I'll get, take my life out. Many people do. Right? They take their lives. They, they cannot handle it. Do they escape? They don't. Because they go to a world that Allah Azza wa is yet in control of. That's the world, after this world, Maliki Yawm al which comes later. So when I have to appreciate Allah Azza wa Jal, when I have to give all my gratitude to Allah Azza wa Jal, when I have to show my appreciation, now of course I did not mention about this, okay, how do you appreciate Allah Azza wa Jal? What is the form of appreciation? How do we prove to ourselves or to Allah Azza wa Jal? What is it? When I say, I want to make hamd for Allah Azza wa Jal, in what way? Can I make the hamd to Allah Azza wa Jal the way I want? What if he doesn't like it? You know, sometimes you want to thank someone, you send him a bad gift. He doesn't like that. So it goes back against you. Correct? And here Allah Azza wa Jal the same. You want to appreciate him, you want to thank him, you want to, 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 to return, to say, okay, now I'm in complete submission to you, Allah Azza wa Jal, for whatever you have done to me. How? How? In what way? You cannot do it the way you want. You cannot do it the way you want. He has to accept it. And you have to prove it. You have to show that your gratitude, your appreciation, standing for Allah Azza wa is true. And it's a fact. And that He accepts it. Because if He doesn't accept it, you are in trouble. Because you cannot run away. Because He is Rabbul Alameen. Because every world that exists, in this existence, it's his. There is no world. You cannot, there is nothing called the world of the Security Council. Security Council do not own anything. United States of America, its power with the nuclear, don't own anything compared to Allah Azza wa Jal. The governments, ministers, rich people, Bill Gates, Microsoft, nothing. Because at the end of the day, they are under the control of the world of Allah Azza wa Jal. They are in the world of Allah. He is in control of these things. Alhamdulillahi 
رب العالمين صونا اي سي ذس الحمد لله رب العالمين ماي حمد ماي كومبليت ابريشيشن ماي كومبليت ثانكفولنس ماي كومبليت ديفوشن از تو ذس الله ذا رب اوف اول ذا وولدز اند اي ادمت اند اي نو اند اي ام سيرتن ذات اي كان نيفر اسكيب هيز وولدز اند هي از ماي رب هي از ماي ذا رب اوف ماي وولد اند اي بيتر have myself accustomed to that and accept it and internalize it so that I have that tranquility. Otherwise, I will be out of the order of Allah Azza wa Jal. So if you want to be in a good condition, you will be within the order of Allah Azza wa Jal. You cannot be outside the order because it's impossible. You have to be within the order of Allah Azza wa Jal. And that takes us back to this issue is when these people stand against the order of Allah. You know, and, and this, let's be, let's be frank. When they say, we don't want the Sharia, they don't want the order of Allah Azza wa Jal. Correct? Because the Sharia is for, the order is from Allah Azza wa Jal. Allah wants this world to be under His order. It's His world. And when you stay, when someone says, no, I don't want to do that, that's in defiance of the order of Allah Azza wa Jal. Can they defy that? They can't. They can't. They can try. They, can, they tried in the past, Fir'aun tried, and Allah Azza wa Jal took him out. The people of Thamud tried, and Allah Azza wa Jal took them out. The people of uh, Ad, which is the Qawm Hud, people of Ad, they tried and they took them out. Allah Azza wa Jal, you cannot defy the order of Allah Azza wa Jal. So now when I say, I want to work, and to make sure that the order of the world that I live in is the order of Allah Azza wa Jal, that means I am in line, I am in synchronization, I am in sync with what Allah Azza wa Jal wants. So I am on the correct path. And that's coming when later when it says, اِهْدِنَا الصِّرَاطَ الْمُسْتَقِيمِ It says, Oh Allah, keep me on this path which leads to your order. Which leads, which keeps me within the order that you have accepted to this world. So this is the essence of Alhamdulillahi, Alhamd, all the appreciation, all the thankfulness, all the gratitude belongs to Allah, to Allah, the Creator, the one who exists behind, the one who stands behind all of this existence. This Allah, simply because He is Allah. And then He is the Rabb. Alhamdulillah. All the, all the appreciation goes to this Rabb of all these worlds. And then, uh, I thought I would spend as much time as we want on this very beginning because that's the foundation upon which our whole deen is built. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Before we go into the next ones, Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim Maliki Yawm Al-Deen. Those other two characteristics that Allah Azza wa Jal mentions, which they require again elaboration and remember. We read those 17 times a day, so we better inculcate them very well. We better conceptualize them very well. We better explain them in a manner that we can reflect upon them when we read them. Otherwise, there will be empty words, empty slogans. They don't impact, have an impact on our behavior. Otherwise, they don't impact our life. Otherwise, we keep reading them. Every day we keep reading, Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen, and we continue to appreciate the Rabb other than Allah Azza wa Jal. doesn't work like that. So we have to conceptualize that and to always understand and realize 
that I have one and only one Rabb and my Rabb is the Rabb of all the worlds. He is not my Rabb alone. He is the Rabb of all the worlds and then everything from here will proceed in a normal manner. So I will stop right here. You know, it's almost nine o'clock so I will stop right here and we will uh, take uh, comments, questions and later we will uh, continue inshallah next time with the next, uh, with the next ayat. جزاكم الله خير. No translation. Allah is one. Oh, the question is: Rahman and Rahim, they are derivatives of the Rahma, and Rahma is the mercifulness. So Allah Azza wa Jal is merciful, and He makes uh, mercy upon people. What does Allah, the word, the name Allah, mean? Is it a derivative of anything? And the answer to this, no. Allah, as a name, it's a name that is not derivative of anything else. Uh, and it is it has no similar in meaning, no similar in names. And uh, this is the one and only one, the unique name that ever existed uh, and ever associated with this existence that we call Allah Azza wa Jal. So it stands on its own. It's a name on its own. It's not derivative of anything. All it says is that this is Allah is uh, because who Allah there is an who Allah it is Allah Allah la ilaha illa huwa. There is no God but Him. So Allah is a God. And then and it says Al Malik. Allah is the Malik. Allah is Malik means the King. Allah is Al-Quddus. Wallah. Al-Ladhi la ilaha illa huwa. Al-Malik. Al-Quddus. As-Salam. Al-Quddus is the one who is absolutely uh, adored. As-Salam. Uh, the peace. Al-Mu'min. The one who provides security. Al-Muhaymin. The one who is in control. Al-Jabbar. The one who is absolutely uh, great. Al-Mutakabbir. The one who is bigger and larger than anything else that exists in the world. All of these are characteristics of who Allah is. They describe who Allah. And there are many, Al-Malik Al-Quddus, Al-Salam, Al-Mu'min, Al-Muhayim, Al-Aziz, Al-Jabbar, Al-Mutakabbir. Then it says, Wallahu al-Ladhi la ilaha illa huwa, Alim al-Ghaybi wa-Shahada. He knows, he is all-knowing, Al-Khaliq, Al-Bari, Al-Musawwir, and so on. There are many characteristics for Allah Azza wa Jal. But this, Allah is Allah. What's that? Muscular means jamid. Oh, the word Allah is neither. Neither uh, doesn't carry the connotation of male or female. Now, the word itself, when uh, when in Arabic in the literature, it uh, it is treated as a, a male word that says "Who Allah." So the word is, but the the name is not. about the uh, benefits uh, of uh, Surah Al-Fatiha. Uh, yes, in, uh, in the tafsir, uh, when you go on the Fada'il uh, Surah Al-Fatiha, the, the bounties of Surah Al-Fatiha, uh, Al there are uh, many numerous, in fact some people wrote uh, 
a whole book on this issue of Fadail Surah Al-Fatiha. Uh, among them, it says Al-Fatiha Ta'dil Al-Quran. Surah Al-Fatiha by itself is equivalent to the entire, to the entire Quran. Uh, Surah Al-Fatiha is the, the Surah that, is, as I mentioned, Allah Azza wa Jalla says, whenever my servant reads Surah Al-Fatiha and he uh, vows or promises to worship me and to get support of me and I will uh, support him and provide him the guidance. مدحني حمدني عبدي شكرني عبدي عبدني عبدي سألني عبدي and my, my servant uh, makes the hamd for me my servant vows to worship me my servant has asked me and therefore I will whatever he asks I will provide him uh, and there are many, uh, many, uh, many other ones which we can uh, as we go through the tafsir we'll be bringing more and more of these, uh, of these issues but it suffice to say that uh, in fact uh, uh, some of the uh, some of the scholars they say Surah Al-Fatiha has uh, contained this whole deen, the structure of all deen is contained in Surah Al-Fatiha. Uh, like the beginning which is the aqidah, the iman, the faith upon Allah Azza wa Jal who we are worshipping. The second one is to commitment to worship this Allah Azza wa Jal. The third is to, the third part is to get the guidance. The guidance means from, uh, which is what to do in this life, how to, to live. From Allah Azza wa Jal, whatever Allah provides, and you take it. So they say this surah has summarized the entire deen of Islam. Which is, that's why uh, it's said it is the equivalent of the entire Quran. And there will be more coming, inshallah. Yes. So, uh, looking at this surah and looking uh, in retrospectively to the uh, surahs that were uh, revealed uh, before, and when we talk about the appreciation and gratitude to Allah, uh, to realize, to recognize that we created everything and He gave us everything that, that we need. From, from a perspective of uh, if we want to, uh, let's say, carry the da'wah, or us being Muslims in, in, in a world that fights, uh, fights the word Rabbil Alameen. Now, we should appreciate, of course, that uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created everybody, and amongst these people are people who chose not to go uh, in the, with the Islam or with the, with the right path. But we should also probably appreciate the fact that, like in the previous surahs, uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was saying, for example, وَلَا تُتْهِمْ فَيُتْهِنُونَ He was giving us guidance, and He wants us also to appreciate that He gave us, He showed us that there are people who are far, for example. Yeah. And he also showed us some things that we use, or the tools that we can fight them. Sure, yeah, that's, uh, there is no question. It's part of the appreciation, the fact that I recognize that Allah Azza wa Jal is Allah, He is God the Creator, and that He is Rabbul Alameen. And then I am making all my commitment and devotion to this Allah Azza wa Jal, despite the fact that there are some ones who are not or who are fighting that, that increases or puts even more this comfort into my, uh, into my heart, into my mind, into my brain, that I am the one 
who is appreciating this Allah Azza wa Jal, despite all of these people and the, and the, and the powers who are not. So that's, that even adds to my appreciation. So I feel the tranquility because I am on the path, I am within the scope of the world of Allah Azza wa Jal, the way He wants it. And while the others are still within the scope of Allah Azza wa Jal, within the scope of His world, but still they are not appreciating that. And they are going against that. So they are the ones who are out of order, not me. So that gives me this support, this comfort. Oh, I am the one who should be in tranquility. I am the one who should be satisfied. I am the one who should be happy. Not they, not them. So that, yes, indeed, it does uh, with this concept. The more I see people who are not appreciating Allah Azza wa Jal, the more I see that people are fighting the order of Allah Azza wa Jal, the more I realize that I am the one who is on the right path. And that gives me the, 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 the power from inside. Yes? And there is the, the uh, and this is not a coincidence, or it's not without a meaning, the fact that Surah Al-Fatiha, this was one of the earlier surahs revealed. The Muslims were still weak, the Muslims were still few, and they are just, very few of them have accepted Islam. And here Allah Azza wa Jal reveals this surah and puts this foundation right from the very beginning. Because it is very important to proceed in your Islam, leave alone the da'wah, in your Islam, to proceed with this notion that Allah is the one and only one God who stands behind this world. He is the Rabb of all of the worlds and therefore all the appreciation should go to Him without any question, without any hesitation, without any confusion. This has to be laid down right from the very beginning. And that defies sometimes the notion, some people they say, you know, don't say everything now, it's too early. It's too early to declare the objective, your objectives for Islam. What do you mean it's too early? Allah Azza wa Jal right from the very beginning here when he says, look, Allah Azza wa Jal, he is the Rabb of all the worlds. He is the one who deserves to be appreciated, nothing else, nothing more. 
be or beyond Allah Azza wa Jal. This has to be established right from the very beginning. And when somebody accepts Islam and you convert someone who is new, you t- and this is the fact, we teach him usually Al-Fatiha is the first one because he has to pray. So you better explain what does this ayah mean, what does this surah mean. Because that's the whole deen. And those who said the Fatiha is equivalent to the entire Qur'an, it is. It is. If you explain it correctly and thoroughly, you will guarantee that this person will be, on the, on, will be straight as long as he believes in that. Yes, go ahead. Yes. Yes. Uh, in any place where Allah Azza wa Jal, like the the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, says in a hadith, "Man lam yashkur al-nas, lam yashkur Allah." If you don't thank the people, then you will not be a thankful to Allah Azza wa Jal. Now, thanking a shukr, by the way, is a subset of alhamd. It's a subset. It's uh, because a shukr or thankfulness is part. It's not the complete, and it's defined as when you make uh, a shukr is to to appreciate a favor bestowed upon you personally from an entity. In this case, let's say from Allah Azza wa Jal or anyone else. So Allah Azza wa Jal. He recommended in many places, in the hadith, in the Qur'an, to specifics, to be appreciative to specific people who can, who, who bestow a certain uh, uh, favor, like the ulama, the scholars, the mujahideen, the, one, uh, the ones who uh, support the people. So this, those things that Allah Azza wa Jal wants you to, to appreciate and to accept and to, to, to have a gratitude to them. But it's, again, it's the recommendation from Allah Azza wa If it's not from Him, then why should I? Because all the praise, all the appreciation initially belongs to Allah Azza wa Jal. Just one second. The, uh, the question is, does the fact that all the gratitude belongs to Allah does mean that all the fear belongs to Allah? That's not a direct consequence of that. It's not a direct consequence. It has to be understood from a uh, different place. Like, the, those are not, this is not the, the opposite of, uh, of an attitude is not necessarily a uh, recommended attitude. This is in Islam. You, we have to you have to look at it and see uh, if that's if that's the case, because it's Allah Azza wa Jal. Here we don't we do not make any assumptions about what should go towards Allah Azza wa Jal and what what should not. So we will wait and we will see. Of course, there are some ayat that talks about the taqwa, because the taqwa is for Allah Azza wa Jal. Says, Ittaqullah, you have to, 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 to protect yourself to make sure that you are alert from Allah Azza wa Jal. And there is ayat about khashi, about fear. That's, uh, but those are different. 
Yes. Yes. question is how do we come to the conclusion that alhamd appreciation or gratitude is not partitionable because the word the Arabic word alhamd because it has this al-tarif al-tarif means all of the hamd all and then when it says lillah the word because there are two things with the word lillah for, for those who understand the Arabic there is the Character El, Li, then Allah, Li Allah. When it says uh, linguistically, when it says Alhamd, means the appreciation, the gratitude with this notion of Al Tarif, of the first two characters. Al means all of it, all of the Hamd. When it says Li Allah, it means all of it belongs to Allah. So it's, it's the wording itself, it says all the appreciation. And when you say all, and if you divide it, it's not all. If you partition it, it's not all. When you say 99% of hamd to Allah Azza wa Jal, that's not alhamd. When you say 99.999%, that's not all. That's not alhamd. Alhamd means all of it. All of alhamd. Li Allah, it means to Allah. So it's, there is something belongs to something. All of this belongs to this. So there is nothing left out from Alhamd. So there is no part of Alhamd that is left out. So it's, this is the, the exact wording, the, transl- the, the explanation of the word, words of the ayat as is. Anything, any exception, uh, that's when, when I started saying, oh, if there is Hamd that you can do to someone, then it better be from Allah because all of the hamd belongs to him. So unless he tells you, now please give hamd to someone else. So then it comes being thankful to Allah Azza wa Jal, I'm thankful to you. So that does not reduce it, that does not, that does not partition. So making my hamd complete, because now as I mentioned, I don't know how to make hamd to Allah Azza wa Jal unless he tells me. Because alhamd is not only a word. I don't say alhamdu. It's only a feeling. It's not only a feeling. There has to be some acts. So Allah Azza wa Jal wants my hamd, my appreciation to him to be through prayers. He says pray. So my prayer is part of my hamd. My fasting is part of my hamd. My amr bil ma'roof enjoining what's good and forbidding what's evil is part of the hamd. My jihad is part of the hamd. My feeding the poor is part of the hamd. Now, my thanking my parents is part of the hamd to Allah Azza wa Jal. My thanking when he says, ihsana, Be nice to your parents. That is part of my hamd to Allah Azza wa Jal. So my hamd to Allah Azza wa Jal is contained within orders and instructions and manuals that Allah Azza wa provides me. He says, this is how I want you to show your appreciation to me. And this is your deen. In fact, that's why we said, oh, 
Allah immediately after this surah in, in, the, in the beginning of the Quran says follow the entire book that's your guidance in the entire book so this entire book of Quran with all the instructions in it are the accomplishment are the way to accomplish this hamd so this hamd to Allah Azza wa Jal is not only a word I'm saying Alhamdulillah or I'm making hamd to Allah Azza wa Jal how? So part of the hand to Allah Azza wa Jal, if he tells me, be appreciative to this person because he taught you some, something in Islam. Be appreciative to this person because he taught you some Quran. Be appreciative to this person because he fought in the cause of Allah Azza wa Jal and he made your life uh, uh, safe. That's part of the hand to Allah Azza wa Jal, part of this is to perform all of these acts, including being uh, doing whatever it takes to, to uh, in your relationship with other people. But in itself is not partitionable. So I cannot say, I will make my hand to Allah Azza wa Jal 90% and 10% to the Security Council, because they, are, they want to fight for us in Syria. Or they claim, or they don't. Or they want to, <coughs> or the United Nations, they want to feed some poor people. Therefore, I will leave 10% for the IMF for exploiting our nations. Because that's what, what they do, what the people do. But that's wrong. Yes. What's that? Oh, the difference between Ilah and Rab. Ilah, Ilah is an entity, the definition of Ilah is an entity that deserves to be worshipped. Worship means the instinct of worship. Because I have an instinct of worship, meaning that internally I feel the need for someone that I bow down to, or that I look up to, or when I am in desperate need. I need some entity to that I, I, I think that it can help me. That's a God. A Rabb, a Rabb is the one who is in control of my life. A Rabb is the one who is in control of my food, of my life, of my world, of my universe, and the one who can, uh, who can dictate things. Not only uh, that I worship him, I bow down to him. No, he dictates things and I have to if he does then I have to obey him. So a Rabb is the in, in a nutshell is the legislator the command giver because he owns whatever he owns and the God is an entity that is self-sufficient and that I feel that I can uh, uh, I can bow down to uh, do so-called the prayer to him. In our case, the Ilah and the Rabb is the same. In our case, Allah Azza wa Jal is the Ilah and the Rabb. But in many cases, people distinguish they, their Ilah is Allah Azza wa Jal and their Rabb, their Rabb is the uh, democracy or the constitution or the parliament. But in our case, in the case of Islam, the Ilah and the Rabb are the same. They have to be. Allah Azza wa Jal is the Ilah and the Rabb. Yes. 
Well, uh, the although the name Muhammad, Muhammad, uh, it means the one who is appreciated, who is appreciated. Uh, that's how the name was given him. He is appreciated for whatever he does. Uh, some linguistically they did read the name with the kasra Muhammad Muhammad means he is appreciating continuously but that's very rare this uh, very rare uh, reading of the name with the, with the so called the kasra Muhammad the one who is doing the uh, appreciation but in general the most common name the correct name is Muhammad which means he is appreciated uh, continuously time and time again now Allah Azza wa Jal he asked us to, uh, to appreciate whatever Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam does so from as a name alone by itself that's a name that was given to him even before Nubuwa before Islam but even after Islam uh, Allah Azza wa Jal he told us just just like to follow whatever Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam وَمَا أَتَاكُمُ الرَّسُولُ فَخُذُوهُ وَمَا نَهَاكُمْ عَنْهُ فَانْتَهُ Take whatever the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam from him accepted uh, He told us قُلْ إِن كُنْتُمْ تُحِبُّونَ اللَّهَ فَاتَّبِعُونِي يُحِبِّبْكُمُ اللَّهِ Then to follow Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam by appreciating whatever he, uh, he provides us but appreciating his acts but Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has no favor upon the people for their existence. It's not like what Allah azza wa jal does. But the name means, yes, he, uh, it's a derivative of the name Hamd, correct. And Ahmed also. And Mahmud, all of these are derivatives of, uh, of the Hamd. Not the Madh, the Hamd. Yes. Yes. problem which they usually have fundamentally fundamentally it's the denial it's the denial of the of the fact that the rules and the ahkam have to come from Allah Azza wa Jal there's a denial to this it's not about the compulsory or non-compulsory in the religion in fact their understanding of the compulsory of the religion it's about the belief, the belief in the fact that Allah Azza wa Jal is a God. 
which is true. Allah says, La ikraha fi din. I'm not going to compel anyone to accept this deen. Allah does not compel anyone because he does not twist his brain. If Allah had wanted, he would have made all the people as one ummah. They believe in the same God and everything is, is done. He could have done that. But Allah chose to say, okay, I will give you your brain, your mind, you do, you believe in what you believe. That's one thing. That's one. But then even, even when the people understand and accept the fact that there is a God, it's okay to believe in Allah they do not accept the fact that this Allah is the sole legislator of our life. So that is what I meant is the problem. I don't think there is an issue with the people about people accepting Islam or not accepting, or accepting the religion or not accepting the religion. That's beyond the, 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 the discussion. And they know in fact, they know that there is no one really in the world that who does come to people and force them to become Muslims. There is on the other way, they know that there are people who force people to leave the religion. And it's documented, like in Spain. They documented that people were forced to leave Adin, to leave Islam. And that's it's very well documented for, for a few hundred years. But the point, what I'm saying here is, to, in today's life, and at the time of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the real problem is, what is your perspective of this God? What does this God do? How you are going to worship Him? If you say, my worship to God is by following certain rules and regulations that He reveals, they will say, no, we will not accept that. That is not allowed. Now, what we are saying, what Islam says, you don't have to believe in them. Even the people, they don't have to believe in this, in the, in the foundation, in the fundamental things that Allah is the legislator. You don't have to believe in that. But I am the one, if I believe in it, I will implement it. I will implement it, and I will implement it the way Allah wants me to. So it's my problem to implement it. It's not their problem, it's my problem. But they don't want me to implement it, who I believe in it. I believe in that. This is my belief. And they say, no, we cannot allow that. How do, why they cannot allow that? Because they don't recognize the fact that Allah can be Arab. They don't want that. Why? Because it's against their own interest. Why? Because they can exploit the people the way they want. And Allah says, you cannot exploit the people, you cannot steal their wealth, you cannot invest your money in riba, you cannot cheat the people, you cannot have the double standards, you, you cannot have poor within you, and if there is one single poor person, all of you will be guilty. They don't like that. So that's the idea, it's not really about no compulsory in religion. No, they know there is no compulsory, nobody compulses anyone. They are the ones really who compel the people to leave the religion. By force. By force, and they allow that to happen. They allow that to happen in, in Serbia, they allow that to happen in Ethiopia, within Eritrea, they allow that to happen in Myanmar, and they allow that to happen all over. To leave the religion. 
So they have compulsory in, 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 in leaving the religion. Okay? Thank you for listening to this podcast. Podcasts on current events, Islamic guidance, Quran tafsir, and sirah are available at islampodcasts.com as well as on iTunes. Rate, review, and comment and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please subscribe, share, and tell a friend about islampodcasts.com. 